Welcome, welcome, welcome to Pocketoid, the one and only podcast that limits you to only three episodes. You only get to listen to three episodes, and then you have to uh, you get a, your episode limit is exceeded, and you have to turn off the podcast. Uh, it's it's very funny, but also, I mean, we're kind of just describing a Patreon at a, a certain point. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you probably shouldn't be listening to more than three episodes of this in a row. I would hope Even not. that is excessive. Ex- yeah, yeah, you're probably doing some irreversible damage to yourself. I know that we've had some listeners that have, uh, you know, done speed runs of the show from like episode that one. I'm sure so baffling. many of those older ones are just are just fucking broken too. Oh, probably yeah. for probably probably better off that way anyway. Yeah, but. I'm sure there's like probably years of the show that are, uh, you know, should be in the lost media archive. Yeah, I know the uh, the Ian Miles Chong interview is one of them, <laughs> but that's intentional. I don't even want to bring Although that I, up. Although I kind of want to go back and listen to that episode now just to see if I can pick up on his just god-awful shittiness all, all the way back then. But anyway, welcome to Pocketoid. We're a podcast about uh, handheld and unique video games. Um, we've been a podcast for a long time, and we also haven't recorded in a long time. But we're back now to tell you about uh, all the games that we've been playing um, while we've been gone. It's just been Tears of the Kingdom for me. Yeah, for you. <laughs> but, no, you're, actually, there are a few. Well, you're smarter than me. Since it's been since it's one of those things where we've had a hiatus for a while, let's just do the thing where it's like we limit it to like three games to talk about, and then we'll talk about Breath of the Wild. Um, but let's or not Breath of the Wild. Here's the Kingdom. I mean, they're the same thing. Yeah. All right. So my name is Jordan. You can find me on. <laughs> I was gonna say Twitter. Blue Sky. <laughs> Shit. You can find me on Twitter or Blue Sky at Jackal27. Maybe by the time you're hearing this, uh, Instagram's. Twitter competitor is out and they all <laughs> probably have to use my Instagram username, which is not Jackal 27. That's going to fucking suck, but we'll see. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Twitter's on fire at the moment. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that. But uh, if you have a blue sky, I'm also there. I'm basically either Jackal 27 or Jordan Starkweather anywhere on the internet. So, and I use the same profile picture everywhere. So you'll know if it's me. Um, and with me as always is my gorgeous co-host. It's me, Addison, and you can follow me on the hell site at Addison underscore L, or you can follow me on Blue Sky at Addison L. Um, and yeah, I don't know. There's a couple other things out there, but if you like me that much, I mean, then I guess message me and I'll tell you where I'm at on things. But <laughs> those are going to be the two that we talk about probably for now. Yeah. Yeah, Blue Sky is a, a good vibe. I mean, besides the fact that it's a little too white and it's still run by a dumb idiot, but not as as dumb of an idiot. So yeah. that's good, at least. Um, Lesser of two evils. Yeah, for sure. I, I was also going to say, uh, I don't know if this episode will be out by then, but uh, if it's been a while and this gets delayed somehow, happy birthday, Addison. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I'm hoping that this is out before my birthday. Yes, I hope so, too. Um I, I don't know if you have any plans for your birthday, but we uh, we should do mm, something. Not really. But anyway, um, this is Pocketoid. You can also find the podcast at Pocketoid on Twitter. Uh, it's not on any other really social media platforms yet. I think it's on Tumblr. We haven't updated that in forever. Um, and, you know, you can find us. You can find us on our website always, though, at Pocketoidpodcast.com, which has a link to our Twitch that we don't use and our <laughs> some other stuff we don't use. 
but also you can find us on, you know, your Apple podcasts, your Spotify, which I believe Spotify allows for uh, podcast ratings now. Um, I know a couple a couple of apps do. I don't use Spotify for podcasts, but someone else told me that. So uh, if you do use Spotify to listen to the show, we would really, 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 really appreciate if you'd go and rate the show. Um, and you can just be honest. I don't care if you think it's shitty, just rate it shitty then. But, you know, maybe just don't. Maybe just tell us and say, hey, <laughs> your show sucks. Here's how you can fix it. Uh, and then if you think it's great, give us a good rating. Um, yeah, but yeah, give us a rating. We haven't asked for those in a long time, and we always appreciate just getting feedback and hearing uh, what you guys like to hear to see more of. Um, okay, so yeah, let's get started. Addison, well, I what was, have you been... Whoa, what? Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Sorry, sorry. I, I just wanted to interject real quick and say that um, I think now is also maybe a good time to mention that we are going back to PAX and going to Nintendo oh, yeah. Live. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, we yeah. won tickets to, to Nintendo Live, which is awesome. I Did we go to the 2019 one or was the 2018 one the last one we went to? Twenty-eight. No, we went to we went to PAX twenty nineteen. That okay. was the last one. It's just okay. It's just been uh, you know since twenty since fall twenty nineteen. We've been doing some other things. Yeah. So there's been a a little three year hiatus there, but we'll yeah we'll be back God, in I hope Seattle. I don't get COVID. Oh fuck! I haven't had COVID yet, and if I get COVID, I, PAX, I'm gonna be so mad. I have also not had COVID yet, as far as I know. So yeah, I'm gonna be masked yeah. up. Uh I know that I'm that isn't like a movie or not, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do my darndest. And if it happens, it happens. It's probably a good idea. I definitely will be on like the airplanes and stuff. I'm just like on the packed show floor. God, it's so packed and sweaty and a sensory nightmare already. And adding yeah. a mask to that just sounds terrible, but we'll see. Yeah. Trying to like interview a developer with a mask on dear God. To be fair, the um, developer the is like, also going to have a mask, almost certainly. That's probably true. You're probably right. Um, either way, we will be at PAX. We'll be hanging out, um, hopefully meeting up with some new people. I didn't even have CRT Pixels last time we went, so I'm sure there will oh, be yeah. a lot more people we can meet up with. And there's a lot of people that we just didn't know, you know, last time we met that last time we went that we now know who live in the area. So I'm really hoping to meet up with yeah, uh, um, some, some cool folks. You know, I don't have, uh, I applied for a media pass. I don't have great feelings about my chances, but you should probably apply for one with CRT pixels. I didn't even think about that, but it's, is it really a media thing? I guess I could maybe apply for like an Who influencer cares? pass. Just cause those are, cause the influencer yeah, they, passes are Well, like, they, they do it under the same application. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's the same thing. Media and influencers. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> What a nightmare. Anyway, uh, we're going to be at PAX, and I'm excited to go, yeah. and I'm excited to do some more coverage and we're find gonna, cool games to talk to you guys about. We're hopefully going to get to meet up with uh, the Chad Conselmo. Oh, and, my God. If we got to meet up with Chad, I'd be so happy. And Mike Choi and um, Holly Hughes from Retro... The retro games. Oh yeah, um, and we met. I think Holly, we met Holly at PAX 2019, and now well, she's like, I think she's you, got a bunch of big stuff that she. Does. I think you did, but oh, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, just me. Yeah, yeah. I met Holly in a in a hotel room with her boyfriend. <laughs> it was for press. It was for press things. Yeah, there you go. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> when you add with her boyfriend, it doesn't make it that much better. <laughs> That's very you true. Need to, no, you need to like, add more here. Actually, was it her boyfriend? It might have. I don't know. It wasn't her boyfriend. I know her boyfriend's separate. So that's the thing is I met Holly with another guy she was working with. They were doing PR for, I don't know, some company. And then after that, 
we like became mutuals on Twitter and I realized that her, me and her boyfriend had been mutuals for like almost a decade, (laughs) (laughs) which was really crazy anyway. Uh, but yeah, I met, we met, I met Holly at 2019. We met several people at 2019. I hope that we can meet up with again. It it seems like PAX the last few years has been kind of nothing. So maybe this is the year it it comes back. I guess we'll we'll see. It it seems Um, like PAX East this year was a little more popping. And so I think... I think it's kind of coming back. People, you know, are, you know, there's no E3, E3's dead, and yeah, uh, Anime Expo's a nightmare. So, yep, I think, um, and I know that I know that the uh, Indie Mega Booth is coming back this yes, year. Yes, yes, which so is awesome. That's what I care about. Yes, yeah. same. And I think that this that this is definitely the year where people are, you know, feeling a little more normal and like that they can go yeah. to these kinds of things. So. I think it'll be a good turnout. I I hope the social media shit is figured out by then. Oh my God. If we're still like stuck in the, in the Twitter nightmare by, by September. Oh, that's going to be terrible. But you know what? That's only, I mean, now I think about it, that's only two months away. So, you know, I don't probably will be, I don't really care. I just want to hang out with some friends and play some games and just, uh, yeah, I just I just mean mostly for like staying in contact with. People oh, being yeah. Like, hey, yeah. we can, you know, hey, follow me here so we can talk more. Or, hey, you know, I you know you live in Seattle, but it's like, are they on Twitter still? Are they answering their DMs? Yeah. Does Twitter okay. work anymore? That's what I'm saying. It's like I, more like for coordination stuff. OK, but, you know, whatever. Anyway, hey, let's talk about video games. Addison, what have you been playing? Uh, Jordan, so many things. So, so many things. But we're going to keep it limited here. Um, and so kind of the, the big three that I've been cycling between, of course, Tears of the Kingdom, which we'll get to, but yeah. I've also been playing Diablo four, which, nice. Hey, if you like Diablo three, if you like Diablo two, they just made more <laughs> Diablo and, uh, <laughs> it, it's definitely darker than Diablo three was. And I've only played one class so far. I've been playing Necromancer, and I've been having a really good time with that. Um, I got it running on my Steam Deck. It runs beautifully at 60, and yeah. um, it it just it's a perfect Steam Deck game. So sometimes it's a little um, overstimulating, or <laughs> overstimulating is not the right word, but just like muscle memory confusion of switching between mouse and keyboard on my desktop and then going somewhere with the steam deck and playing it on that, that gets a little confusing, but I usually adjust to it pretty quick. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say about it other than that. It's, it's been really fun. I'm enjoying it. I wish I had more time to play it, but, um, it's been great. great. I haven't had any issues Uh with it. Blizzard um, sucks shit, but it seems yeah. like they made a good game to get back into people's graces. So every just one, about every company out there sucks shit. I mean, yeah, some more especially. to other. Yeah, yeah, more, <laughs> some more than others. But yeah, I, you know, I I uninstalled every other Blizzard game, so <laughs> we'll see how long Diablo Four lasts. I guess, but that's awesome. I've been enjoying that. Um, and then Final Fantasy sixteen. Oh, oh fuck! I forgot that you've been playing that. Another game that I wish I had more time to play, but I have managed to clock like I don't know, probably I'm gonna say somewhere in the neighborhood of fifteen to twenty hours. Um, yeah. And it's really strange, but it's great. So 
I just don't feel like there has been a Final Fantasy game quite like this one. And oh, for sure. I mean, you can say that about pretty much all the mainline entries, but yeah. Right, but I mean, like, if you compare, you know, 6 and 5, or even 6 and 7, like... Well, those are, I mean, yeah, but those are, you know, the older ones. It was a little different back then. I mean, more like, I don't know. Well, even like... like if you compare like 12, like 12 versus like you know, eight or eight versus like 13. Like, I feel like they're very, very different, but yeah, yeah the, this one is are definitely more, different, more but this is, driven, I feel like 16 is the most different. It has felt. Yeah. And, um, I mean, you know, the seven remake is pretty action driven, but this is just mm-hmm. devil may cry. Like, yeah. I mean, it's literally like, isn't like the yeah. director or the combat. Yes. yes. <laughs> director of devil may cry is on. Yes. It. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and so, it feels like more like Devil May Cry or like a near game even. Um, mm. And the combat is super, super fun. Uh, you've got like these special moves that you can pop off and then they go to a cooldown. So you're n- never really having to worry about your mana. You just wait on the cooldown. And um, I mean, there's still equipment changes and there's stats, but that's about as RPG as it really gets um yeah that's like that's like been my thing is everything i've heard is that the rpg elements are way like tuned down which is like extremely so everything i hear about it as far as the gameplay goes not my jam everything i hear about it in terms of like the story and the setting and the and the like art design extremely my jam does it not like very very caught in the middle (laughs) does it not sound like your jam in terms of just Final Fantasy or in terms of like video games as a whole? I don't know because I mean, I like the Devil May Cry games and I like character action games, but I'm not the type of person who gets so into the systems and the combat mechanics that I like, that I like, you know, I don't want to get like the higher ratings. I don't really care about getting like the best combos and, and doing the flashiest moves. I just, kind of mash the enemies and move on and like, but I think about like, so like platinum games have you have never like clicked for me that much except for astral chain. And I think for astral chain for me, it was more the fact that I like loved the setting, loved the character, loved the story and loved like the, like the visual style. So to me, I'm like, okay, if I loved astral chain because of those things, um, maybe this will also click for me, you know, since it has a similar kind of gameplay as far as like, it's a character action game, you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't, and I don't mind it. My thing has always been, even with like final fantasy, I mean, I, and I haven't played the full 13 remake, just like the, the demo and stuff, but like, or not 13 remake, seven remake, but like, I, I've always felt like in 15 as well, it felt like to me, they were in this weird in between of like, we want to make a character action game, but we're still trying to do the party shit and the command shit with it. And my thing was always like, I kind of wish you would just, if you want to go that direction, just make a character action game and get it out of your system. And I'm glad they went that direction. If that's the direction they wanted to go to go for, I'm glad they did it. But I'm also like, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's my thing. And a bit of it is. Yeah. Like it's not, you know, to me, like final fantasy isn't necessarily, it's like about a party of characters, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, you still have a party. Like, yeah. Cause you, you just control one guy. Well, you control just Clive, but you also do control Torgal. Um, mm. but Torgal will also act on his own. Um, Is it the dog? Yeah. Um, okay. but there's like, 
there's other characters that join and leave your party as you go throughout the game. Um, See, and I guess that's my thing is like my thing with Final Fantasy has always been like I like having a party of people that I control, not just like controlling cloud. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I honestly think in a lot of Final Fantasies that the protagonist is like the most boring character. And so I'm kind of like, I'm like, yeah, I want to, I want to, I want to play, play as my favorites, but I don't know. I under, I understand that's hard to, it's hard to find a balance there. And if that's not the direction they want to go in, you know, I'd, I'd rather them do something that they really care about and do it well than like do something in between that doesn't work as well. I will say that I, as far as the future of the series goes, I'm like, kind of hope that they don't go this direction immediately yeah. again but i i don't dislike it and i wouldn't mind seeing another mainline game that follows these same mechanics but mm-hmm. um i mean it seems like they change stuff up like crazy so who i mean who can tell who knows yeah yep uh i just hope dragon quest doesn't go this direction that's my oh thing. my gosh i can't imagine that's my that thing. but i mean i couldn't imagine it with final fantasy a few years back so yep I don't, I can't, ah, yeah, I mean, I keep wanting to say I can't see them doing that, but it's certainly within the realm of possibility. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. But um, as far, you know, talking about the action in these games, the action sequences in Final Fantasy 16 are like on a whole nother level. I have played, you know, all the Bayonetta games. I've played all the Devil May Cry games. Like, there are boss fights in this game that had me, like, screaming at my TV. Not in anger, (laughs) but screaming because I was like, holy shit, I can't believe what just happened. And See, that shit's great. Like, I love that shit. And it's like, I I was the same way with Astral Chain. So it's like, you know, like when you're fighting, like, fist fighting a kaiju on top of yeah. a skyscraper yes. it's like i yeah i it was I'm, yeah i'm fine with this this is great similar to that <laughs> i can't complain it also yeah. reminded me of like you know the first time watching like certain fights in one piece or like mm. watching some of those like um moments towards the end of gurren lagan of just like getting like so so hyped and just like yeah how well everything is animated and like choreographed it's like I'm like man did you get Gindy Tarkovsky to like help with this like <laughs> this is bonkers so I mean, it's, really it's seriously feel, based based on the little news stories that keep coming out about who worked on it it seriously seems like they grabbed like yeah just like the top the names who's from who every part of, of the like, Japanese yeah. game industry. <laughs> Yeah, help, they they so. said we want this one to do good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's Final Fantasy sixteen. Highly recommend it. It's fan fantastic. Um, and then <clears throat> I'll just uh, I don't. Oh wait, yes I do. Okay, uh, the other one that I've been playing a good chunk of this week, especially well this week, especially because this is the week it released, is. Uh, you know, Power Wash Simulator has been doing all those DLCs. So, you know, they started with like the free Tomb Raider DLC and then they did a free Final Fantasy VII DLC. Well, now they've got their first paid DLC. And so it's an extra little campaign uh, for Power Wash Simulator. And it takes place in the SpongeBob SquarePants universe. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, at first you're like, but 
it's under the ocean. But then I encourage you to think about this. Have you ever watched SpongeBob? <laughs> they <laughs> they often don't care that they're at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> um, so instead of being like the regular power wash guy in like a suit, um, your character is one of like just the generic fish that you will see in like background shots and stuff of episodes of SpongeBob. And um, there is a mystery unfolding as to who is um, creating all of this dirt and muck everywhere in Bikini Bottom. And so um, you are going to iconic locations within Bikini Bottom and helping characters like SpongeBob and Patrick and Sandy and Mr. Krabs with cleaning their vehicles and buildings and things. Um, and then as you're doing that, you're getting these messages from the characters that is kind of uh, unfolding the story. <laughs> um, and as you visit these different locations, there's a ton of little just like references to classic episodes of SpongeBob. Um, you know, I don't feel like I ever hear you talk about SpongeBob. Are you a SpongeBob fan, Jordan? I mean, of those first like three or four seasons. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Okay. Um, so, Absolutely. so like, uh, I was cleaning the crusty crab and there, you can go behind the, the building and there's like a dumpster and it's got like the, uh, that painting of Squidward, you know, the one where yeah. it's like kind of abstract. Bold and, bold and brash. Is that what it is? Bold and whatever it is. Something like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, where he, where the one where he's like all kind of like, I don't know. It's like abstract. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like that's on one of those. And then like, there's like, um, like references to just different episodes and things like little lines oh, yeah. and, and stuff. I, I can't think of any other examples at the moment, but I was like playing it and like just kind of chuckling at all the, the different little nods and, and things. Um, like when you clean Squidward's house, you can go up to the top and like, they have his like little sunbathing chair where you see him sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, it, it's clear like they've put a lot of, um, just thought and love into this DLC and it's only $8 and it's got like That's nice. a bunch of new achievements in there and it's like pretty, you know, pretty loaded out. Like you get, um, I don't know. I would, I would estimate like almost like another eight hours of content or something, maybe even mm -hmm. more just kind of depending on how, you know, things go for you. Uh, and they also, it's like a whole new art style because you're in bikini bottom. And so everything looks like just a 3d episode of SpongeBob. Uh, yeah, that, that was what I stood out to me when I saw like some screenshots from this expansion was that it just looked really, really nice. Yeah, it looks great. And so I've been playing that on the steam deck and I've been just absolutely in love with it and very happy with that. And, uh, I know their next, um, DLC is going to be, uh, Warhammer. So like, that's a pretty <laughs> big 180 to go from SpongeBob to Warhammer. But God, speaking of which, I really need to get that bolt gun game. I yes. it's so good. Oh, it looks so good. Yeah. I want to yeah. play that. Um, so yeah, I, I've been really enjoying that. And the only other thing that I just want to quickly mention before I, uh, 
pass the baton to Jordan is I sold Ben in the discord. I sold him my RG 35 XX and upgraded to a retroid pocket flip. And I will talk a little bit more about that next time just because we have so much to talk about right now. But I will say overall, I have really been enjoying that. There's uh, a few things that kind of get on get on my nerves about it. Um, But I've been using it just about every single day. Um, The main thing I've been playing on it is Mario's Pacross. (laughs) So um, (laughs) for the Game Boy. Yes, for the Game Boy, a thing I Damn. could have been playing on the RG35XX. <laughs> or uh, your flash cart for your Game Boy. Or my flash cart for my Game Boy, or on my uh, pocket. Phone. My, <laughs> yeah, or my phone, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got I got worms in my brain. Uh, so, Jordan, what have you been playing? Um, okay, so I've been playing... I, so, I was like, how far back has it been since we recorded? I have a game that... Actually, before I do that, I want to talk just a really quick. I want to give a shout out to uh, Fishing Vacation, uh, which just released on the Switch and is made by a couple cool Twitter mutuals of mine. And it's a game that I've bought like three times because I like it a lot. It's a little... It, you can find it on the Switch. I think it's like $2. I seriously think it's like $2 oh, wow. on the Switch. And it's a um, it's like a little Game Boy game. And it is, uh, it's just a normal fishing game. There's nothing scary about it. It's just normal and it's about fishing and you should play it. And it's called Fishing Vacation? Mm-hmm. And it's not scary at all and you should play it. Oh, okay. I like when games aren't scary at all. Yeah, it's not scary. It's just about a, it's just about a normal fishing vacation. Also, my friend uh, Video20XX did the icon art for it, which oh, is nice. Oh, nice. Um, I just looked it up on Steam and it's on sale right now on Steam for a dollar and 39 cents. It's like, yeah, it's like always on sale for like a dollar and it's just a short little fun little Game Boy game. And uh, yeah, it's great. And And nothing, pick it up and nothing scary happens in it and nothing scary happens in it. Um, Speaking of uh, fishing games that aren't scary, uh, I I need to do a little review real quick because I beat this game months ago and we still haven't reviewed it. Um, And that is Dredge. Oh for, yes, uh, the Nintendo Switch. Did I talk so about? Did you? I, was, I think you told me to play it. I don't know if you ever talked about it, but I think you told me to play it. Okay, well we can both talk about it then. Yeah, have you finished it at all? No, I, I, uh, I have one of those dumb moments with it that kind of screwed me up, and so oh no, it kind of knocked me off. I need to go back and just wrap it up because I'm like pretty close to the end. That's really weird because I think it's, I think one of my, I think maybe my biggest complaint with it is that it's, I think it's kind of a little too easy. I think it's a little too easy to kind of break the game and not, and just like remove the challenge. Um, well, sometimes yeah, you can I, break the game and uh, just not be able to move forward very easily, <laughs> which is what I did a couple times in that game. And, that you and got, it's, did your, is it because your like propellers got damaged? Is that why? And you couldn't like swim like, no, okay, anyway. Let's just let's just let's just talk about the game really quick for a second. So, okay. Dredge is uh, it's published by Team Seventeen. I can't look up who the developer is right now because the eShop doesn't show it for some reason on the actual console. But uh, it's great. Dredge is a it's a Lovecraftian fishing game um, where you control your own little fishing boat and you uh, you ride your boat around this little world and you fish. And some of the fish are normal, and some of the fish you know, not so normal. And, uh, 
and you kind of help these different little areas. It's an, actually an open world game, which I love. It's like an open world little indie game and it works really well because uh, you can kind of go to each little area as you choose. And uh, each has their own little challenges and their own little problems that you need to help solve. Um, and yeah, I just like it a lot. It, I had a great time with Dredge. I think I put like 20 something hours into it, maybe even 30, because I, I 100 percented it. I did everything. I caught all the fish. Um, I did, I did everything in it because uh, I was like just in it for like several days. You also um, get to have a dog for a little bit. <laughs> yes, you do get to have a dog at one point. I wish that you could have him more, uh, yeah. but no. Um, I think I, I remember that like by the end of it, yeah, that was like my, my biggest complaint was that I felt like it was a little too easy. I feel like there could have been a little bit, a little bit more of a challenge and just like, I mean, there are a lot of horror elements to it. But I did feel like there could have been some more horror elements, especially early on in the game. There's some really spooky stuff that happens that really makes you like feel like, oh, God, like I'm in serious danger. And then as you kind of go through the game, there's a certain point where you're like, oh, I can handle whatever they throw at me. Um, and it, I, I wish that there was a little more balance there, as to, which I get because it's like an open world game. You know, you run into a similar thing in mm-hmm. like Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, and I kind of wish that that could be balanced a little better somehow. Um, oh, one thing I forgot to mention about it is that it's not just a horror fishing game. It's also an you know, open world exploration adventure thing. It's also a puzzle game, too, because when you yeah. catch fish um, and and your equipment is all in these different shapes and your boat is like a little Resident Evil 4 inventory and you have to rotate and organize your stuff all the time, just like in Resident Evil 4 to, <laughs> you know, to carry things back to to sell them or whatever. There's also like a little bit of resource management in there as well because you will collect different pieces and um, just upgradable equipment and you'll be able to go to like uh, harbors and look at different upgrade trees and things. And so you have to decide like, oh, do I want to apply these items that I carried back here to... Um, this upgrade or to this upgrade or save it for something else. And yeah, it's a great game. And I love, I love the visuals. Like it's a gorgeous game. Yes. It has that, like that kind of like not completely untextured, but like mostly untextured polygon look like low poly look to it. And it just works really well for it. And um, it has like this like beautiful character portraits and the story is really good. I liked the story quite a bit. I mean, there's, if you, you can basically figure out what's going on if you um, find enough of the side content. Mm-hmm. And, you yeah, know, you'll find like letters few... floating around. Yeah. Um, but there were still a few twists at the end that got me that I was like, whoa, I did not expect that. And uh, there's, I think there's like two or three different endings you can get. So if you get, because you'll probably get the bad ending first, which I kind of prefer as my personal ending just because it fits the material. But uh, if you want to get the better ending, uh, there is a way to do that, that you're not like locked out of um, once you finish the game. So, yeah, I really like Dredge. I think it's fantastic. It's definitely like um, up there in my favorite games I've played this year. And uh, for me, it's a buy it. I think you, if you especially if you like adventure games and fishing mini games and yeah, all that kind of stuff, I think you should go check it out for sure. Yeah, I okay. would uh, I would also give it a buy. it. I think it's really fantastic. And um, I think they set out to make a creepy, fishy time, and it, uh, you know, was very successful in that. 
playing it, you are sometimes like kind of creeped out and like, oh, I got to go. I got to go. And other times you're just like, oh, this is nice and relaxing. I'm just fishing and exploring and having a good time. Yeah, man. I, this just reminded me, too, because this is right. The icons right next to Dredge and we're talking about Lovecraftian shit. But I really I still need to get Shadow Over Loathing. Um, oh, yeah. For it. I really need to get that. That's on my great. that's on my Steam wish list, and I saw that was on sale. I uh, I've been trying to finish West of Loathing. Well, I was until more things came out. So once I'm done with Tears of the Kingdom, I'm definitely going back to smaller games. So I think that'll be one of the things I play first and try and finish. Um, the other thing I've been playing uh, with my son actually is a game that just came out called Smushy Go Home. <laughs> or Smush, sorry, Smushy Come Home is what it's called. Um, and it is a little, just cute, very not challenging little 3d exploration platformer where you play as a little mushroom, um, that has a Lynx glider from breath of the wild. <laughs> okay. And, that sounds great. And you, yeah. And, uh, it's really, it's really cute and wholesome and just adorable. Uh, I think, it, I think it launched on sale for like $15. And so I just bought it immediately cause I knew Dorian would be very into it. Was and, it, um, was it Sorry, on, I, I was just going to ask if it was on, um, one of the wholesome directs, if you remember. Yes. Yeah, okay. it definitely was. Um, there's definitely like elements of it. You can tell are like inspired by, um, a short hike for mm-hmm. sure. Okay. Um, but I'd say it's a little more, the world's a little bigger than that. It's a little more, um, linear in some ways. And, uh, I don't know. It's nice. It's a nice little fun exploration game. I like it. You, you pick up crystals, you talk to quirky characters, they ask you to go find a strawberry for them, and then you do it, and sometimes you do a little mini game, um, and yeah, that's that's about it, basically. And it's funny, too, because uh, my son, you know, he watched, like, the initial part of the game, which, you know, spoilers for the opening, but you're, like, part of this little mushroom family, or this little family of sentient mushrooms, and then you get picked up by a bird and carried away from your family, and uh, it's like a little miniature world, which I love. So it like takes place, you know, it's like all of the human objects and everything are like massive. And so I, I just love that shit. I wish more games would, would follow that aesthetic of like, you know, honey, I shrunk the kids. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so like, but, you know, you're playing around, this bird picks you up and he probably didn't even carry you that far, but he drops you, you know, away from your family and you have to find your way back home. And, uh, and you know, and my son like he watched all of this in fucking horror. Like oh, he, no. he saw like the mushroom playing with his family and then getting carried away. And he was like, wait, wait, his, his family, his mommy, his daddy. Oh, and then he was like, no. and, so, and I think he thinks that like, that like, you know, over time, the mushroom, like when the game turns off, cause it's real to him, yeah. that the mushroom is going to find his way back home. So every time I turn the game back on, it's he like goes, he's still lost. <laughs> That's what he says. He goes, wait, he's still lost. <laughs> and I feel terrible, but, but he loves to play it though. It's a, it's a lot of fun. And it has like, um, you know, like very simple controls. So I, I give the controller to him a lot and just let him run around. And since you can't like, you know, fucking drown or like yeah. die or whatever, uh, it, you know, he can just goof around in this 3d space and it's nice. I like it. So yeah, that, that's smushy. Come home. It's available on the switch. Um, the full price is like, I think like $25. I don't know if I'd paid. I mean, I'm not, I haven't finished it yet. I don't know if it's a $25 game for me. Uh, but you know, like 15 was like a perfect medium, I'd say. Um, 
and uh, yeah, I like it. It's a it's a fun game. I think I think it'll be one of those ones that people talk about for a while, where they're like, "Hey, have you tried this thing? If you like this, if you like a short hike, and uh, yeah, it's cute." All right, so those are kind of the main things that I've been playing. Let's see, I talked about Dredge. I talked about that. Were there any other games I had to talk about? Um, any retro really. stuff? I, I bought uh, a, an eight bit dough. An eight bit dough. Um, or I guess it's 8-Bit Do officially now. Did you hear about this? No, I didn't. So I've always said 8-Bit eight eight, Do, though. Yeah, same. But then I started correcting myself, and now I can't go back. So it was 8-Bit Do like, officially for a long time, and then it was like, I guess that some things happened where it was like, oh, Nintendo is getting upset because it's oh, like 8-Bit Do. Oh, my God. But, I, but it's, also because, it's also because they were like, you know, selling controllers that were in those color schemes. And uh, so they, yeah, yeah silly, I guess, but, but yeah. like, eh, yeah. <laughs> So now it's 8-Bit Do officially, um, but whatever. Uh, I'm just glad they didn't have to like change their name or something. Yeah. But um, anyway, I bought their M30 uh, controller, the 2.4G, you know, wireless dongle version. Um, it's a, it's a Sega Saturn slash Sega Genesis six button pad kind of mashup controller. And I really like it. It's a great controller. It feels awesome in the hands. The D pad feels exactly like a Saturn D pad, which is an, a crazy accomplishment based on how many Saturn clone controllers I've tried over the last few months. Um, the buttons feel great. All those things feel great. And it's on, I've had really mixed results with eight bit do stuff. And this one is definitely a high point. Um, I think it's the best 8-bit do controller I've used, maybe aside from like the arcade stick. Hmm. Um, I, the only issues I've had with it are some of the connectivity things with the dongle. So I had, it has this, this you know, it has a 2.4G dongle. And the reason I got that version is because I was going to use it mainly on my mister. Um, and the 2.4G version has like insanely low latency for a wireless controller. It's it's like really, really low. Uh, and if you if you do it through direct USB, it's like nothing. Um, but I want to use it wirelessly because that's easier. But it has an issue where whenever I turn on my mister, it won't connect to the controller until I unplug and plug the dongle back in. And I don't know why it's doing that. Um, I sh- it should just like, you know, as soon as I boot up the, the mister, like the 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 dongle boots up and then the controller can connect to it. At least that's how the, you know, the arcade stick works, which I also use with a 2.4 dongle. So I'm, I'm talking to support about that right now. The other thing is like, it has three different controller modes. You can change it between D input, X input and switch pro controller modes. Um, and I had an issue where it wouldn't connect to my switch, but then I learned that that was like a settings thing with my switch. But also it's like, you have to do these button combinations to switch the controller modes and they aren't listed anywhere officially. <laughs> I had to like uncover them myself by reading forum posts, but I made a tweet about those. If you get this controller, you can go look and see how to switch your controller modes if Twitter still exists. Yeah. Um, and then uh, what was the other thing? The other thing is the Switch Pro Controller mode won't work with my PC for some reason. Hmm. It will detect it. It will show the, It will show it as a Pro Controller, but then I'll go into like the properties and it doesn't detect any button inputs. Very strange. And so, is there some reason that you want to do that over X input for PC? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So so X input registers the R button and the C button as analog triggers, which oh. apparently does some weird shit. Uh, on Steam, it apparently makes some makes things not behave right on Steam, uh, okay. and of course, in like some games, that would be a very odd choice. I think what they meant to do is probably put like LB and RB as 
the Z and C buttons, but for some reason they put they 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 swapped like the L trigger and the LB buttons. Anyway, um, it's weird. So it's like, but the switch the switch, you know, mode has all the buttons just kind of perfectly laid out, and uh, and also when you're in the switch input mode, you can use the you can remap the home button. And when you're in the Xbox mode, I don't think you can remap the home button because it's mapped as, you know, that like um, whatever the like whatever Windows uses whenever mm-hmm. you hit the Xbox home button. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So it's like in switch mode, you basically gain an extra button for the um, for like the Xbox game bar thing on Windows. Yeah. Yeah. That, that bullshit. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like there's a couple little niggling issues like that. Still, I'm talking to support about that stuff and seeing if it's because I have like a wonky controller or if that's how it's supposed to behave based on stuff that I've read. I think maybe my dongle is just kind of, uh, has a couple issues. So we'll see how that goes, but the controller itself, incredible. And even if you opt to get the Bluetooth version, I've heard the Bluetooth version still has pretty low latency for a Bluetooth controller. Um, and you know, most people can't even, most people make a big deal about that shit now nowadays, but like you can't, you can't fucking tell. You play with a Switch Pro controller on an HD TV. You can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> Most yeah. people anyway. So it's like, it, it's a great controller. It's a fantastic controller. If I wasn't having a couple of minor niggling, you know, connectivity things, it would be like a 10 out of 10 for me. Um, but it's like those couple things that have come up in the last couple of days have kind of soured me just a little. But I, you know, I'm still testing some things to see if that's not, you know, just user error or something. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's a great controller. That's the eight bit, the eight bit do M30. And when I got that, I played, I beat, uh, street fighter alpha three the same day. And I was like, yep, this controller rocks. Cause I, I pulled off everything like perfectly. So, uh, it'll definitely be my go-to Mr. Controller from now on. Cause that, you know, that six button layout works really well for arcade games too. So nice. All right. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Zelda. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, pretty good. <laughs> So Zelda Tears of the Kingdom came out. We don't need to tell you anything about that. You know, and, you know, we. I one of the reasons I wanted to wait on coverage is because, you know, like a game that big comes out and it's not until you've like put in 150 hours that you can even start to develop your feelings about it, I feel like. like yeah. For me anyway. I, 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 I get what you're saying, but I also, I think it took me all of like, I don't know, two hours once I had hit the ground uh, before <laughs> I was like, yeah, I like this more than Breath of the Wild. And not to say that there's anything wrong with Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild was absolutely incredible, but they took that and just improved upon it. And uh, yeah, Tears of the Kingdom is, I I think it's my new favorite Zelda game. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's definitely, I don't think it's my new favorite, but I'll get to that in a second. But I think it is, it's hard for me to say. So I definitely like what you said at the beginning. I was like, this makes Breath of the Wild feel like a beta version of this game. And I still agree with that statement in a lot of ways because it runs better. It looks better. It's just like the scale of it is fucking insane. Like mm-hmm. being able to just dive out of the sky and see the whole goddamn world map without any of that like jumpy loading that Breath of the Wild would do. I've gotten that a couple times, maybe like once or twice, but you can tell this game is like polished and optimized like to an insane degree. And and that's that shit's awesome. But I I think one of the big accomplishments, the big things that Breath of the Wild pulled off was 
telling a story in a nonlinear way, like my biggest complaint about Tears of the Kingdom is that they have these cutscenes you can find called Dragon's Tears. And um, they tell you, they reveal bits of the story to you about what's actually going on. Because there's this big mystery in the game. Like what, what's, what's going on? What's happening? Um, I mean, I, I, I don't, this, isn't a, this isn't a spoiler to say just because it's in the trailers and in the first like five minutes. But Zelda is missing. Oh, big surprise. And you got to figure out where she is, what's happened, um, and what she's been up to and, and how you can get her back. And it's like the way they reveal that mystery is by finding these dragon's tears, but you can find them out of order. Yeah. And the, the thing that was amazing about Breath of the Wild was they kind of told you the whole story from the beginning. They were like, Calamity Ganon came and fucked up the kingdom, and then Zelda put you to sleep, and now you have to find a way to, to you know, to defeat Ganon. And then when you would find Link's memories, it would basically flesh out that story, right? Like, you would get to see the the developments of all that. And you started to, to feel for Zelda. You started to feel for like links, like link as a character. And it's like, instead of just being like, you know, this world, suddenly it had more weight by the end. Cause you knew the story in this game, the way that these dragons tears work, you can find like the last one first and yeah. spoil the whole story for yourself. And it feels sometimes like watching um, a, a bunch of game cutscenes out of order. And I, was doing fine. The first like four or five that I found weren't quite in order, but were close to it. And then I found like the last one <laughs> and I was like livid. Cause I thought at that point I had kind of figured out what was going on. And I was like, Oh, this is so sick. If, if I'm right, if this is what's happening, like this is such a fucking cool story. And it is, it's a very cool story. And the ideas are unlike anything a Zelda game has done before. And I love it. Um, but then when it got, when I found that last one, I was like, why the fuck did they do it like this? Why? Like, yeah, and that's, it's like, it's a really odd I, choice. And I, and I wish they would have just is. made it so that like they have all the different locations and everything, but it will just trigger the cutscenes in you yes. know, the order. Yes. It's, yeah. And, and so here, so here's my, here's my biggest complaint with, with tears of the kingdom. It, because I still think it's a 10 out of 10 game. I, I think it's incredible. I think it's fantastic. It, it's like, I can't stop playing it. I love it. Um, but I, but, but it's like, as I go into it, as I have now spent 150 hours in it, it's like the seams are starting to show a little bit. And I, especially after I already put 180 hours into breath of the wild, right? Cause a lot of the world map is the same, even though there's a lot of new stuff and things are different. I get it. it a lot of the stuff you're doing is pretty similar. A lot of the enemies are the same. A lot of the music is the same. And that stuff is like, there's a part of me that wishes there was like a few more enemy types, a few more songs, you know, just a couple things like that to kind of make it feel a little fresher. But I think my biggest complaint is that I think, I think because Breath of the Wild was the first open world Zelda game, they, they went all fucking in on trying to make it work. You know what I'm saying? Like trying mm -hmm. to make the open world thing work. And I think that was like, that game's biggest strength was that I don't like open world games usually. And that one really showed me like, Oh my God, they really fixed a lot of my complaints with open world games. And this one, it feels like they broke that a little bit. Things just, they aren't quite as balanced. They aren't quite as like, it doesn't seem to consider a lot of the open world stuff as much. Um, can like the way that, that some a little of the, bit more, huh? Can you, can, can you expand on that a little bit more? Cause I'm not sure. 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 So like, okay. So like, for example, um, 
one of the ways that the game scales enemies is it, it, it gives you harder enemies based on how many enemies that you've fought. I think there's probably an algorithm that decides based on some other things too, but it seems like the more combat that you do, the harder the enemies become. But the way that this game throws a lot of enemies at you, and I don't want to spoil too much because you get sent to some locations where you're kind of forced to fight uh, some strong enemies. And the way, and it seems like when you beat these strong enemies, it scales the regular enemies up. So suddenly, early on in the game, you're fighting really strong enemies. But the way that weapons work in this game is you have to fuse monster parts with your weapons to make them stronger. And it basically makes it to where you are stuck using the same monster parts for your weapons for a large portion of the game if the monsters upgrade too soon. Does that make sense? So it feels, so. it can feel, it can feel a little, I, I guess it can feel a little, I don't want to say repetitive, but it can feel to me like, I don't know. To me, I guess all I'm saying is I felt, I always I, felt like Breath of, the, Breath of the Wild was a little more balanced in the way it doled out locations, story, and new things to see. And in this game, I feel like it doesn't dole those out as smoothly. Like, for example, I think everyone knows now that you get the ability to build inventions and shit and you can make cars and planes <laughs> and drones and all kinds of crap. Uh, and it's fucking awesome. It's such a cool ability, but it also completely breaks the game. <laughs> like, it's like as soon as you can make a hover bike, which is one of the easiest things to make, you can go anywhere at any time. And, you know, maybe if you don't have enough battery charges and things, but even then there's ways to work around that. And it's like, like, for instance, I am in the uh, desert area right now. And there is an obstacle that they put in front of you that you're supposed to, it's very obvious. You're supposed to kind of work through it and it's a puzzle to solve and you can go, you know, you kind of make your way through it and then and take a break here and then readjust and figure out where you are and then go back into it. But I was like, this is fucking annoying because I can just build a plane and I just flew over it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was like, I, I don't want to do this. I, and, I, and like, I get that that's like, there's a freedom of choice there, but for me, I'm also like, I, I just feel like there's ways that you could dole some of these things out a little more eloquently anyway. That's, that's my biggest I, point, I think. I get what you're saying. I think what, and I, I bet that they discussed this and thought about it. I think mm -hmm. what is happening is they got to a point where they had to make a decision of do we want to uh, kind of, you know, um, I'm looking for a word that it's not coming to me, but do we want to uh, barricade some of this from the player yes. in an effort to not let them break something here? Or do we give them, you know, the you know all of this freedom that we're basically promising and i think that they just said you know player yeah, i think it. they they put a <laughs> lot of faith into the player and they're just like you if this is going to break it for you then just don't do it like but yeah. if you want to you know you have the freedom and the choice to do this and and i think that and i think cuz like our friend april she loves breaking the shit out of the game. She's like, Oh no, I don't want to fight. 
I don't like getting into fights. I don't like getting into puzzles. I just want to fly through it and make it as easy as possible. You know, she just wants to go God mode. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's fine. I, that's totally fine. I just, I think for me, I'm like, I don't know. And I, ha- I, I have to keep putting limitations on myself to make the game play in a way that feels designed. Does that make sense? It's like, I have to yeah. like, fight myself to play the game in a way that feels like I'm experiencing and the game the way it was made <laughs> to be experienced and and that's i don't know so it's clumsy you, in some ways are you saying that you want the game to kind of you know set its its rules a little bit more strictly i that or like i think that it should have been it feels like okay this is how i want this is how this is what i'm trying to say Breath of the Wild felt like they wanted to have their cake and eat it too. They wanted to make a linear Zelda game that was also open world. Okay. And I feel like they mostly pulled that off. But this game to me feels like they also wanted to do that. They want like, we want to make a linear, we want to tell a linear story. We want to have these linear. Do people, do people know that there are, okay, I'm just going to say it. Whatever. Who cares? It's been out. There's dungeons. Okay. There's dungeons. I, yeah. There's dungeons in the game. I think most people know that. We want to have these dungeons. We want to have these puzzles, you know, just like people love in the older Zelda games. We want to have, you know, these these locations that you have to work through. But then also they're like, but we also want things to be completely open at any time. And it's like, what's the point of a giant, well-designed dungeon, you know, that's vertically designed? If I can just climb to the fucking top, <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. really easily and pretty so early on. And, it, and, and, and I don't know, that's, that's kind of what I, that's, that's how I keep seeing it is. And, and I've also always had an issue. Like I remember when I first played Half-Life 2, I had this issue in some ways because there were parts of that game where it would be like, you need to solve this puzzle, but it's physics based. And so there were times I, I was like, am I supposed to be doing this? Am I supposed to be going here? And it's hard for me to, to determine whether or not I'm yeah, like yeah. breaking the game or doing what it wants me to I do. Feel and that, I run into that a lot with Tears of the Kingdom. I, I feel that constantly in Tears of the Kingdom, but it's not yeah. a negative thing at all for me. I yeah. I love it. I like I will do something in that game and I'll just be cackling to myself and I'm like, I have no idea if that's how they <laughs> intended for me to do this or not. And that, and it is an accomplishment that they built the game that you could do either one and it still works. That is yeah. like an insane accomplishment. I I mean, I think the only thing is like sometimes like when I'm doing a shrine and I'm like pretty sure like, oh, I busted this like wide open and did this in a way that they did not <laughs> intend for me to do it. I I do sometimes kind of wish like, like oh, well, you know, I, I got there, but I kind of wish I had mm-hmm. known you know what they were wanting me to do like just because i'm like yeah it would be like what what did they want me to do here so like i think this would be you don't see this very often in games anymore there's like an era where this happened a lot i feel like but i would love it if this was one of um those games where you could turn on like a director commentary and yes oh my god yes and like get like you know, in their heads and be like, okay, so when they design this, this is what they're thinking. And whereas when I encountered this, I went this completely other direction and I still made it work. Like when I, you know, I went over to your house and was playing through a dungeon and 
there were a couple different times because April was there too, where mm-hmm. I would do something and both of you had done it in a completely different way. Like, oh my God. Okay. So like you're, there's dungeons, y'all know there's going to be boss fights. There was a boss that you fought. Yeah. And when you fought it and we were all three sitting there, each of us, and none of us realized this until I was watching you do it. Each of the three of us had fought the, the boss in a completely different way and, and it still worked. beat him yeah, using that method. And, and it worked perfectly. And it yeah. was like, it like that like blew my mind because I was like, what you can do that. And then April was like, Oh yeah, I did that this way. And I was like, here's what I did. And then we were all like, Whoa. And it was yeah. that, that was so cool to me. <laughs> and there was also that like puzzle where, uh, you're supposed to like go around like this big long way. And then, um, use your friend to blow some wind into a fan. And yes. I instead just climbed up on top of a box and jumped off and hit it just in the right timing and did it through the wall and just yeah, there's, completely there's, there's broke wall, the puzzle. <laughs> there's a wall to like show you, hey, there's this thing you need to hit. So you're going to have to find a way around so you can go go solve that puzzle. And you were just like, no, I can see it. I'm doing it from here. And you did it. And we were all just like, are you kidding me? That was like, <laughs> that was so great. I love that, that. I loved that. And I love yeah. that shit. Yeah. I, I that love that great. so much. That's, but I, but I, that's one but of I the things that I, I like the most about Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom yeah. is you get these naturally created stories of, oh, well, I was playing and this happened or, oh, yeah, I ran into that uh, issue, too, or I ran into that monster, too, but I decided to tackle it this way. And then, you know, mm-hmm. the person you're talking to is like, what? I didn't even think of that. I did it this way. And then the other person, yeah. same thing. They're like, oh, I never even like it's it gets down to something that is really great about humans uh, where you can just see how unique people are to a like a core of like mm-hmm. oh are you know we both like video games but we all you know looked at these problems in completely different ways and yeah. solved them all in completely different ways i think that i think that like cuz when you say that that is a strength of the game i think it's also the game's biggest weakness because when you have um when you have a game that's designed to be completed in any way you want, it also means you can do whatever and it's going to work in a lot of, in a lot of instances. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so like, and not, and not always, but I think that's the strength of, I think that's the strength of the dungeons is the dungeons do place limitations on you. There, there are obstacles you have to overcome and, and, and like, and, and in a way that, that, that parts of the world don't feel like that. And, um, that's, that's hard for me to explain. It's like so, without spoiling anything. <laughs> it's, so there are, you, there are elements of the world that I feel should have been either reworked or limited more, or maybe when you enter a certain area, you're stripped of certain abilities or certain pieces of equipment, mm-hmm. uh, in a way that like, like you're forced to kind of figure this out. Like everyone talks about Eventide Isle in the, in Breath of the Wild, you know, the, fa- and the fact that it takes away so much. And I th- I still feel that the strongest part of Breath of the Wild was when, you know, that was the beginning, is the beginning of the game when you have to figure out all this stuff for the first time. And, and I'm not sure if I, if I believe that about this game, um, but th- certainly that, that opening area of this game recaptures a lot of that 
you know, the, the Great Plateau and Breath of the Wild. And I wish that there was more, I guess, I guess what I wish is that there were more lessons learned from Breath of the Wild. Like for instance, there are a lot of UI things and control things in this game that are, just, I'm just, I just have to laugh. Cause it's like every button on the controller has an assignment and you're going to be using like all of them in conjunction with each other. <laughs> Does that make sense? It's yeah. like there's, so even, so even though I have put collectively like over 300 hours into this, you know, ecosystem into this world, I, there are still times I get the buttons fucking mixed up because yeah. <laughs> there's just yep. like trying to throw an item is, can be, which is such a non Nintendo thing. It's very funny to me that it's such a thing. Yeah. Because you end it's up having not a whole, like a weird game. combination of buttons. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this game, there are these abilities that you gain. And I almost wish there was like another radial menu to select them or yes, an easier way yes. to enable and disable them because there are times you'll accidentally activate them. There are times that you'll want them there and then times they're getting in, you know, blocking your view times that there's all, there's all these little, so there's just a few things in this game that I feel like it's, this game's like breath of the wild on crack. And in that way, I feel like it also shows the seams of breath of the wild. It like kind of brings a magnifying glass on some of the weaknesses of that formula, which were like, you know, there's, you've got all these abilities, but also you have to, you know, makes the controls a little convoluted. You've got all these ways to approach these problems, but also like that can make things a little easier in some ways. Cause you can, it's pretty easy to break the game. And so like, I don't, and I don't necessarily think that all these things, except maybe the control issues, like I, I, for some people, that's a big problem. Some people really don't like the controls in breath of the wild. And this game's definitely not going to uh, change your mind on that in that regard. It never really bothered me a ton, but now I'm kind of feeling it a bit more. But it's like, in regards it, to some of those things, I kind of wish that they had looked at Breath of the Wild and said, okay, what what didn't work about this? Or what could we have reworked to make this a stronger experience? And I feel like in some ways they... but I. But I feel like what they said instead was, okay, Breath of the Wild was a 10 out of 10 perfect video game. How can we like fucking break it? How can we just give, let people like do all the shit the speedrunners are doing anytime they want to? Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a, a huge appeal to that. And I think it's really fun. Like the abilities in this game are so cool. They are like objectively very neat. And I can't believe like Ascension, I can't believe the Ascend ability exists. <laughs> and the fact that it's like kind of balanced is kind of wild. Um, but do you know the, the story behind it, that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I've heard okay. the story behind that and it's, it's very cool that, you know, that they, that they just, included things like that. Just but real quick. I also, I, I, I also it, kind of, I don't, I, I kind of would have loved to see like a linear Zelda game built on the, like the, like this engine or these like mechanics. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I totally. Missed that. I missed that. I missed that a little bit, and I. I just don't think it bothers me a, as much. And, but I think what you're saying is valid, and I. I, can I also would have loved to have seen like a much harder video game. That was another thing. I I already spent you know 200 hours playing Breath of the Wild, and seemingly so did every other human on the planet. I feel like this game should be playing off that a bit more to like make things more challenging. But I've heard, and I am not sure mm -hmm. I agree with this statement, but I have heard from many, many people that the shrines in this game are so much easier than Breath of the Wilds. And there's a few things in this game that feel a little easier than Breath of the Wild. I um, I think that this game as a whole is more difficult than Breath of the Wild. Really? Yeah. You think so? Yep. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. When you can build an air bike and throw headlights on the front and back. Well, 
I I mean, to yeah. deal with the perpetual darkness. I'm like that. I, I mean, you. Yeah. Okay. So before <laughs> and you, then you get can build to a drone point. and attach and attach fucking bazookas to it and fly how, into an okay. enemy base. <laughs> how many people are really going? To realistically, a, a lot of people seemingly, a lot of people seemingly I'm doing because it. you see, it's like, really not difficult to do. It's really not difficult to do. I don't know. I, I, the game I, teaches you how to do this stuff. It, it I wants know, you to do it. It's, I know it does, it, but I think, I think the majority of people playing are making much simpler things. The air bike is one thing. Everybody's going to do that. Yeah, that's super yeah. easy. But like the the drones dropping like atomic bombs on like <laughs> like the what are they called gleox or whatever like yeah i i think that's a much smaller you know uh circle of people building that kind of thing and i'll say this i'll say this that move making that ability like central to the game was the best marketing decision i think they've ever made for the series mm -hmm. like just just the way that can create viral content where people yes. are like wait what the fuck is this game they've, like i had someone my, my brother asked me today he was like hey so that new zelda game like what the fuck is it yeah <laughs> and i was like they like, so they smart. saw they 100% you kind of touched on this already but they 100% saw all of the you know videos on Reddit and Twitter and everything of people like yeah. finding these ways to break the game and like <laughs> hitting stuff a bunch in Breath of the Wild to like with the um what is it called uh stasis ability and yeah. like all of these things where they're like yeah we had that in there but people you know did all these other things that we did not expect them to do and they i think they 100 percent just said how do we take that even further how do we exactly like, how, how do we like, lean into that more how do we make sure that this game just never leaves people's for you pages <laughs> on tiktok <laughs> and i think that's like i think that's a choice that's the choice that they made and i think there are there are positives and negatives to that choice. And I think for me, that was never my, the way I played Breath of the Wild or wanted to play Breath of the Wild. I wanted to like very naturally explore the world. I wanted to, to find each little nook and cranny and like, you know, be in like, oh no, this monster kicked the shit out of me. I need to figure out like its attack patterns to perfectly counter, you know, its abilities. And I guess for me, it's, I guess for me and my method of play, that was not, the priority for this game. And there are some things in here where I can tell they're trying to appease the people that are like me, but I feel like the overall desire was to create something that was, I don't know, more, more broad, more sandboxy, more banjo kazooie nuts and bolts and more power to them. Cause it's still, it's still a fantastic game. I'm just not, there are just some things that I bump up against once in a while that make me say, ah, oh, I kind of wish this was a little different. Um, and I think other people you know, will experience that too. Cause I've seen people, you know, some people mention this stuff. Um, but I, you know, I'm a linear guy. I just always have been my, my least favorite part of the final fantasy games is whenever you get the airship <laughs> and most well, people fucking love the airships. <laughs> well, let me tell you, you're going to like final fantasy 16. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Cause I, I mean, I like, I like, I mean, I don't, I mean, if you want to like, I, I like openness to an extent. I like, I like it on a small scale. I think that's what it is. You know, we talk about dredge. We talk about a short hike. We talk about, 
Um, like, like even like a link between worlds, right on the 3ds, that was an open world game. Uh, and it's like on, on a smaller scale, I'm really into that on, on a scale this big. That's the other thing too. Holy shit. This game's big Addison. Oh yeah. Like I, yeah. Like they, when you they took, they, they took want... breath of the wild and gave you just as much content as that game and then built a whole nother game on top of it. Okay. And I'm like, I was, <laughs> I was about to ask, I was like, do we want to. I mean, you kind of I don't think, alluded I don't think to I'm spo- it. But... I don't think I'm spoiling it. I don't think I'm spoiling anything by saying that. There's People know, I'm not going to tell you the specifics, but there's a lot of new area to cover. And yes. there's a lot of new area to explore. And um, I'm not sure if, if all of that area is as densely populated as the initial Breath of the Wild was. I would say um, no, but yeah, I also haven't seen but as much I... of it as you have. And there's still a lot of shit down there. There's stuff down there that I have not told you about. And that I would like to talk to you about, but I don't, I just don't think you've discovered it yet. Um, but it's like, and and even then a lot of that depth I feel was kind of transferred into your abilities, right? Just, I mean, I can't imagine what it was like to develop the physics engine. Like how many glitches must they have run into and shit to, to let the player build shit in this game the way they do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, like I look at how much freedom you have in those abilities and then they just keep throwing like new little parts at you and new little things you can do with those parts. And yeah. I'm like, how did they play test this? And so it's like the game is so massive. And the way I described it on Twitter was I said, sometimes it feels like eating a delicious meal and then as soon as I like a, like a delicious, like five course meal. And then as soon as I clear my plate, a dump truck pulls up to refill it <laughs> because, <laughs> because there's so many points where I'm like, man, I'm so satisfied. I feel like this feels exactly what I wanted. It feels perfect. And then I'm just like, oh my God, there's so much more left to do, even just to clear the main story. Yeah. And it's to the point that I'm kind of like, I think I'm just going to have to stop exploring because I can't, I just don't physically have, you can always go back and explore some more when you do have the time. That's, I guess I, I, and I I keep telling people like when this is done, I am going back to 10 hour indie games and fucking super fan and like Famicom because (laughs) I can't, I can't do a game like this. I can only do a game like this. I don't know if I'll ever be able to do a game like this again, but if I do, it's only going to be like once a decade because this is like, it's crazy, dude. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think the combination of me playing Theater Rhythm this year and then Fire Emblem Engage and then this has mm. been like, okay, I'm like, I am, please, Nintendo, I can't eat another bite. <laughs> yeah. And then they so, are like, okay, here you go. Here's every Pikmin game and here's oh, Super Mario RPG and a new side-scrolling Super Mario. <laughs> Here's at a least a lot of those games Star seem Ocean. like a little Yeah, at least a lot of those games are, you know, like the scale of like an older game. A lot of those games are going to be like 20 hours long, which is what I prefer. And I mean, How maybe long? that's just, just me me getting older. If I had had this game when I was 15 years old, Addison, holy shit. Oh yeah. And I think this they, was like and I this thi- like I wish I was having this summer of video games when I was in high school. Because yeah. holy shit, like if I was on summer break and didn't have any responsibilities, any job, and I had Zelda, Diablo, and oh Final Fantasy, God. and then like there's also even more stuff out there that I could be playing, like Street Fighter, yeah, a and lot. like the new AEW game, and like 
a bunch of stuff. Pikmin 4 is about to come out. They just had those Pikmin 1 and 2 remasters. Like, when when I, I'm, I'm God, I'm so in my mid-30s now and it sucks. But, like, when I was in high school and I, I was losing my mind to have a new game come out during the summer. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let alone a good game, like, like a forty-hour Zelda game. I would get so stoked on uh, X Men Origins Wolverine for the Xbox, <laughs> being like, "Oh yeah, a new game to play during the summer." And like, I cannot even fathom being, you know, fourteen and having all of these games to play. I would be and staying up I, every I th- single night, just constantly playing them, and ugh. And I think it's not, it could be me getting older, but I also feel like we live in an era where there is so much entertainment available at our fingertips at any point that I am almost like, I would rather have a 20 hour Zelda game just filled to the brim with new enemies and cool, like intentionally designed dungeons and, you know, all these different locations and like, like all this cool flora and fauna and wildlife. It's like, I would, I would kill for that game. And I kind of, I think what I always hoped would happen was since they put so much time into breath of the wild, that what they would do was turn around and pull a Majora's mask where they made like a smaller, denser game out of the parts of that game. Yeah. And instead they were just like, no, we're going to go even even (laughs) bigger. And I think for me, like that, I, I don't really ever want a game this big again. I think I'm kind of at the end of that desire. And I, and I think part of that is just like, I can't, at what point does, does the, the size at which games are growing become like exponentially unfeasible? You I know, think like we're already in an era where game budgets and development times and all this shit is like just insane. And it's like, and I'm like, and now I've got this and it's great and it's awesome. And I think for me, it's just confirming that I'm like, even if the game is like basically perfect, I don't necessarily need an experience this massive. <laughs> it would have been nice if it like was, I mean, without uh, spoiling anything, I guess, if it was maybe half the game that it is at launch and just more dense and like yeah. maybe like yep. more stuff and then you know, six, 12 months down the line there, they say, Hey, here's this, you know, so-and-so expansion and it adds a whole new giant area to explore. So it's like, Oh, okay. I, I had devoured my meal and now it's time for dessert. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I also think that like, cause like they, they keep implying that there are other sections of this world. Like, like Hyrule is not the only kingdom. It's not the only continent. They, they keep implying there's other stuff out there in distant lands and things. And I'm like, I almost would have rather gone have gone to one of those distant lands and then, you know, maybe as a DLC, like go back to Hyrule or something. I don't know. Um, but there is, there is an, I, I understand the people that are upset that it like, it does reuse a lot of content from the last game. A lot of the same locations, the same characters, and they've, I think they've done a great job and an admirable job making that feel natural. But like the only one that really sticks out for me um, is the enemies. I really, I really, 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 really wish there were like a few more enemy types. They've added a few more. 
And I, I appreciate that, but I still, it still feels like after a few hours, you're like, I have seen a, the same enemies over and over and over again. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. And it's like, and I, and I feel like that wasn't even the case in, like, it feels like it has the amount of enemies as like an ocarina of time, but spaced out over like a 200 hour game. And that's mm-hmm. like, that's just, I just don't, I'm not, I'm not sure if that's enough, but I get it. Games are hard to make. So I'm not going to, you know, necessarily kick up a fuss about that. But I, I, the, one of the things that I love though, I love, love, love what they've done with the weapons. I really love the weapon degradation thing. I really love the idea of customizing weapons. I love how it adds this like layer of like, you almost want your weapons to break now because you want to experiment with different builds and different like types of weapons that can do different types of things. Um, my only complaint as far as that goes is the fucking white Bokoblin horns. Can we talk about the white Bokoblin horns, Addison? <laughs> because I hate them so much. They're so ugly. And every other Bokoblin horn is so sick. And when you stick it on the end of your sword, you're like, hell yeah, I've got a big bone razor bone sword. And then the white Bokoblin show up sword. with their, with their stupid fucking pom poms. And it's like one of the strongest, most abundant parts in the game. So you wind up having to use it all the time. So I feel like for the next 50 hours, all my weapons are going to look like shit. (laughs) And I've been like purposely making weaker weapons just so my weapons can look cool. (laughs) Uh, But but whatever. We really need to wrap up, though. Uh, (laughs) Do we want to? What? Oh, we, oh yeah, we got some questions. I forgot about the questions. Yeah, I was gonna ask if we wanted to to get into the questions or not. Well, as and what's your review score for Breath of the Wild: Tears of the Kingdom? Well, I'm sorry that you hate uh, Tears of the Kingdom, Jordan, <laughs> and that you think it's a dog shit game. But I like it quite a bit, and I think it's an essential. I also think that's an, it's an essential. You know me, man. Like I, if I love something, I've gotta, I've gotta, gotta break it down and. Uh, and that's just how I play video games, especially the ones that I love. So yeah, it's an essential. It's fantastic. Um, it's so good. Yeah, I understand the people that aren't that aren't having a great time with it, or just kind of like eh, bouncing off of it. But like, damn, dude, I don't know if I would say it's my favorite Zelda. I still prefer like that that linear experience. Um, but yeah, I fucking love it. I wish what I had done is played like. It's just gone through the main story stuff in like 30 hours in Breath of the Wild and then dove straight into this one. That's what I wish I would have done and spent like 300 hours in this one because it's like, it's so good. It's just so freaking good. I love it. Great game. All right. Well, uh, I, I, do you want to look at the questions or you want me to or? Uh, I don't have them pulled up, but I can pull them up if you'd like me to. Okay, so okay, let's do. We'll start with with this one from JoJo, which was Nintendo showing off this curated list of eShop games for fans of games with plot twists. What games would you guys have in a list of games with plot twists? Basically, what are your favorite games with big with big plot twists? So this is going to be a, a spoiler warning for video games as a whole. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, like we don't have to share the plot twist, but you know, you can just say yeah. a title. Well, the. The first one that comes to mind, and it's cliche, I know, but I mean, it comes to mind immediately, and is Bioshock. Yeah, I've um, never liked that plot twist. I'm just gonna be honest. Yeah, that's fine. It never yeah. did it for me. Uh, uh, Astral I, Chain is Ast- Astral Chain's one of mine. Okay, Wind Waker's another big one. God, the big plot twist in Wind Waker. Holy shit! 
yeah, the first time I saw yeah, that. Yeah, Wind Waker is definitely li- in there. Life-changing. Also, when I first played Ocarina of Time, I had no idea about the Adult Link part of that game. And that was, like, mind-blowing when that happened. Mm. Um, but, of course, now that's, like, everyone. You know, everyone just knows that's the thing in that game. But at the time, I just thought it was, oh, I'm playing as Kid Link for the whole game. And then I was like, wait up. I'm doing these three dungeons. What's going to happen next? And then, like, I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> when yeah. he was all grown up. But, yeah, uh, I think those are those are two of my big my big ones, I'd say. Um, the Some of the plot twists in, in Tears of the Kingdom, honestly, if they were handled a bit better, in like, like progression, holy shit, dude, that story's great. Here's what I would recommend people do. Go online and look up a list of the tier, the dragon's tears and just do them in order. Please, God, do not do them out of order. Just do them in order or at least close to the order. Um, you'll, you'll thank me later. Okay. <laughs> uh, Final or Fantasy just do them later in the game a, is another just classic one. Yeah. yeah. Seven has some great plot twists for sure. Trying to think what like like an obscure pick. Like what's a weird one that has a good twist that people like don't know about. Um, I haven't actually. I you know I'll I'll leave some room here for everybody to scream at me. But I've never really played Chrono Trigger. But isn't there a plot twist oh within Chrono Trigger? Fucking God, Addison Langford. <laughs> I know. Uh, nobody say anything, please, <laughs> please. There's I mean, there's a lot of plot twists in Chrono Trigger. Okay, Addison. There's okay. a lo- it's just a game of plot twists. Okay. All right, fair. Okay. <laughs> um, God, that game rocks. Uh, anyways, okay. Uh, what's the next one? Oh, I asked a, I asked the question. Um, if you could only pick one game and watch game to own, what would it be and why? <laughs> a lot of people said Ball because it's just the first one. I was actually just Octopus. trying to get recommendations. Oh, Octopus is a good pick. I was trying to get recommendations of which game and watch I should buy personally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, my my decision wound up being uh, Parachute or oh. either Parachute or Oil Panic. There's a couple of Oil others. Panic's the, the, great, the, yeah. I think I think the the best game and watch games are the ones that have little minor random elements because it changes up as you play it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, some some people might disagree with me, but like Ball, I could play Ball all day because I know the patterns. I know what's going to happen, and it's just very straightforward. Fire is the same way. But, like, Parachute, Chef, uh, Oil Panic, and a couple others have, like, you know, these, like, these like little random elements that where you just can't kind of kind of predict everything. you got to be on your toes, and I like that. In a, I like that in a Game & Watch game. But I also bought Ball, because Ball's, you know, my first video game. So, um, JoJo also asked, favorite Breath of the Wild memory? That's a good one. Um, I mean, the first one that I think of is like more of like a IRL memory of just like, you know, going and picking up my switch and Breath of the Wild yep. with you. And that was going to be like mine. <laughs> hanging out and playing together and just like, oh, it's just a very my f- cozy. My memory. favorite memory was the night we picked up our switch and you came to my place and I think Stevie was with you. And you came to my place and we like opened everything up and like got the whole, like we like, oh, look at the pro controller. Oh, look at the, oh, that feels so good. You know, this controls, oh, this Joy-Con are weird. (laughs) And then like, I was playing on the TV, you were playing portable and we were doing everything. You know, we were starting the game. I think we started at the exact same time. Yeah. And then uh, we were just like talking as we did it because 
everything you were doing was like the opposite of what I was doing because it yep. was just, you know, it's just the way the game works. And we were like, whoa, like you're I, in an ice place. I'm like over here. <laughs> yeah. I had cool. a very similar situation when I picked up Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, Stevie came over and like we just kind of both sat there, started at the same time and like we're going through that opening area together. And, but also like, you know, he was like oh i'm going over in this direction i was like oh i'm over here and like and like oh i i'd be like oh well you know just use this thing and he's like what but how did you get to that and like just moments like that and yeah it was great yeah yeah damn we should you, you guys should come over and play sometime we yeah should have april over again because that was really, the night that you and april came over uh and she stayed till like 2 a.m that was like really fun um Let's see. Um, trying to see what the next question is. Y'all, y'all talking too much in the questions channel. I can't find anything. Um, bu- 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 bu. Jojo asked about what are your predictions for Tears of the Kingdom DLC. I think that there's going to be more. Here's my prediction. I hope it's not a spoiler, but I've had this prediction since Tears of the Kingdom was announced. I think he's going to the moon. They're going to fucking go to the moon. <laughs> Link on the moon. That's what I think. They, I think. They said they wanted to do... That was one of the big things in Breath of the Wild in the first place. They were going to do like... They wanted to go to the moon. They wanted alien shit. And this game has some gravity stuff. This game has some sky stuff. And and the blood moon thing is still not really explained. And I, I would love to go to the moon. That's what I would love. <laughs> I think that they will do more in the sky. I think there yeah, will I think be a big right. focus of more islands coming down into the sky or, um, from the moon. <laughs> uh, or <laughs> I think there will be some sort of time travel element. Happening. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I could see that for sure. Some time travel shenanigans. God, I hope they don't do another, Hyrule Warriors based on this game. I would not like that. I, they, they just need to move on and do something else with that. Um, yeah. But I can kind of see it because this game, ha- this game has like its own characters. I could see them doing a sequel to Age of Calamity with like oh, some of the new characters from this game. Um, what was I going to say? Like, like maybe set it like way, way back in the past. Uh, yeah. That would be interesting. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, there was something else. Yeah. That's another thing was I, I feel like I'm not, some people have been really down on the sky islands. I'm not down on them. I, I think that there's some really cool, unique stuff up there and most people just haven't explored them well enough. Cause there is some like unique content up there, but I will say I, I, I do feel like maybe they should have put a little more focus on the sky islands. Um, yeah, it just, yep. they do feel a little bare. Uh, and, and, and I also I, think that the sky islands are really compelling because you feel like in danger. Cause if you fucking fall, you're falling back down to, to, to earth. You know what I'm saying? So like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of the, a lot of the platforming challenges and puzzle challenges up in the sky places feel they have an, an added element of like danger to them that I really enjoy. And so I wish there was a little, just a little more to do up there. It, but. it also felt like leading up to the release of the game that there is a lot more focus on those sky islands than there actually yes. is in the game, especially in the marketing. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. That's what, yeah. Yep. And I mean that, that big opening area, like that's sick, but it's like, you could, you could do some more. You could do some more. Um, 
I, oh wait, that's all the questions. Those are the questions we got. Cool. Okay, cool. We're like right on time. So we'll just end it there. All right. Um, I really hope, oh, that was the other thing. I really hope for the DLC that they bring back. Well, it should have been a, to begin with. I wish that like there was a master mode or a harder difficulty to begin with in this game or just like some difficulty options to limit things. That would be awesome. Uh, so I would love to see that in a DLC, but it's like by the time that releases, I will have already beaten the game anyway. So whatever. So yeah, I would I would more like to see new areas, locations, more costumes. Give me more costumes. I want to play dress up. There are That's a lot shit. of costumes in there, but you could. There are a lot. More. There are a lot, but but you know the vast majority of them are from the last game, though. I it's like there are. There's a good amount of new ones, but most of them are from the last game or from the Amiibos. And I, I would like just to play dress up and get some some more stuff personally. Yeah, I but. feel that. All right, let's uh, let's close it out. Hey, thank you for listening to our podcast. This has been Pocketoid once again. Uh, my name is Jordan and my, this is my co-host Addison. I want to say thank you to him for hosting the show with me. And we also want to say uh, thank you to the folks who let us use their music for our intro and outro. Our intro is Time Trials by Hyper Potions. And our outro is, I still almost say the old one every single time. <laughs> and our outro is Hut by the River by Sound Market, which is a remix from Pokemon Snap. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else we need to say to close out the show specifically. Um, yeah, I hope if you're, if you're going to PAX, let us know. If there's anything you want to see on the show or, or hear us cover, let us know. We've kind of been in Tears of the Kingdom land for a while, so I don't even know what's been coming out <laughs> necessarily. Yeah. Um, and I don't... Oh, don't forget that you can join our Discord by following the link in our pinned tweet or by uh, following the link on our website at pocketoidpodcast.com. And leave us a review. Yep. Was there something you wanted to say? Uh, I was just going to say... Um, I don't know that we will have as much time um, within the the show floor as previous packs. So yes, uh, we will you know still try and see as many games as we can as and um, talk about those. But you know, pretty much one whole day is going to just be Nintendo Live, and yep. um, I don't have a good feeling about getting media passes. So I don't know if <laughs> I I'll probably end up getting a pass for. Um, definitely one day, maybe two days, and that'll probably be about it. I'm thinking about doing, uh, yeah, a two day pass is what I'm thinking. Um, but I, yeah, you're right. I should put in my application with CRT pixels. I didn't even think about that. You still have time. Probably, probably get something. We'll see. It doesn't take very long. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, uh, my name's, yeah, thank you. uh, We already talked about all that. Okay. Uh, thank you for listening. And we will see you guys very soon on the next one. Have a great week. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye.